Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. We're glad that so many people want to get into God's Word and want to be with us on a regular basis studying His Word. And here in Search the Scriptures, we do just as the name suggests. We dig deep, we look at God's Word in detail, but we try to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your daily life. We're thankful that we have the ability and the opportunity and the means to be able to teach God's Word in such a widespread basis through these airwaves of radio, but also as we post these in our, on our website and in podcast format, we send these, these teachings, these lessons all over the world by the internet. Well, we encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, come and check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Many of our radio listeners have done that through the years, and many have stayed on with us. Come and learn about a church that just tries to be the church we read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. A church that stands firmly on what God's Word truly teaches. Now, that's rather somewhat, at least, unique uh, from the perspective of a whole lot of denominations today. And we strive not to be a denomination. Again, just the Church of the Bible. We encourage you to tell others about the program and also take advantage of our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Now, there's no charge for accessing our website. And when you get there, click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. And when you are a friend or a family member of yours or a work associate signs up for our, our podcasting, they will automatically receive this pro radio program five days a week, Monday through Friday, search the scriptures. But they will also receive on their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever smart device they choose, they'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons. And what I think is really a gem, a short only about a 13-minute Bible study every day we call today's Bible class. Now, that's seven days a week, and we can fit that almost all the time into our busy schedules, just 13 minutes a day. So tell everybody you can and take advantage of it yourself. And again, if you're in the Omaha area, if you're in the Omaha area come and check us out in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. We hope to meet you soon. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study that we began a couple of days ago talking about a real problem within our culture and our country today, and that's laziness. Laziness. Now, some people might say, uh, well, I wasn't expecting that today. Laziness? You're going to study about being lazy? Well, you, again, I'm not talking about taking a day off and just kind of kicking back and, you know, and just just, you know, chilling for a day, relaxing, just, you know, taking it easy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are perpetually lazy. And there's getting to be a whole lot more of them all the time in our country today. Laziness. Well, laziness is a choice. It's not something that just happens to us against our will. We personally, whether we realize it or not, we devolve into a mindset and lifestyle of just plain being lazy. And again, I'm not talking about taking a day off. I'm talking about that's your lifestyle. 
You may know people like that. They don't work, not because they can't find a job or not because they can't do the work physically or mentally. They don't work because they don't want to work. They've just gotten used to being lazy and having somebody, maybe a family member or maybe a friend or maybe a whole bunch of different individuals they know keep giving them money and or maybe it's just through the government uh, through the government dole through tax tax uh, supported programs that they've have learned how to tap into on an ongoing basis and just give them enough funds that they can live and get by without having to go to work that's unfortunate now those particular programs those bureaucracies were all set up to, to, to try to help people who are truly needy, but people have become lazy living off of those programs. And they've discovered, you know, hey, I don't need to work. I just keep getting this government-funded money on an ongoing basis. Well, that's unfortunate that what was intended to be a noble prospect turned out to be abused by so many people, and actually it perpetuates laziness within our culture. Because as I've said, when laziness is supported, then laziness is perpetuated. So many people are being enabled to live a lazy lifestyle by people who keep supporting them in that lazy lifestyle. Well, so we talked about a particular text where the Apostle Paul pointedly condemned laziness. And that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6, 6 through 15. And he, he, he wrote to the congregation there at Thessalonica. Now, we're talking about Christians. We're talking about the Lord's church. And he said, you know, withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly. And he began this particular context of Scripture by saying this is a command. And of course, he was a divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ. But he, he, he also said this is a command by the authority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I'm paraphrasing somewhat there, but that's the sense of what he, what he wrote to them. So he says this is a command and, and he said, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat, verse 10. Now, that's the disorderly conduct that he's zeroing in on in this particular context of Scripture. We might think when he starts out by saying, uh, withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly, verse 6, he must be talking about somebody who's a troublemaker, who's causing problems, maybe teaching false doctrine. But in this particular context of Scripture, he zeroes in on people who are lazy, who will not work when they could work for a living. And he says, hey, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. See, we're, we have made the mistake that we keep supporting people off the taxpayers' dollars, but also through all kinds of benevolent and bureaucratic organizations we, we keep supporting people who simply don't want to work. They could work. They could get a job, but we support them in their indolence, in their laziness, and that perpetuates that problem within their lives and within our society and culture as a whole. We remembered that when God placed the first man that he created in the Garden of Eden, having already supplied that garden, that place with 
all the resources that man needed to be able to live his life, to be satisfied as far as meals were concerned and water and so on. But he told that man, "Here, you're in the garden, tend it, keep it. In other words, he says, don't just think you can be lazy. Don't just think you're just going to eat of, of all the fruits of these trees and so on. You work this field. You take care of it. So the, the very first man that God created, from the beginning, he told him, you need to work for a living. The Lord's church, Christianity, is benevolent by nature. In the midst of this pointed instruction on laziness in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul still encourages the congregation in verse 13 at the end of that immediate context to not grow weary in doing good. And so he's, he's saying, now, if there's somebody who really needs help for a period of time, they're down and out through no fault of their own, maybe they've, maybe they have contracted some serious illness, or maybe they've had an accident that's left them physically incapacitated for, for a period of time, while maybe a broken leg heals or whatever, or something happens, they just, they, they cannot deal with it by themselves then he says, you help them out wherever that's appropriate and however you can. Don't, do not grow weary in, in, in doing good. But laziness is promoted when laziness is supported. And so you understand as a congregation, you understand as, as Christians, you don't continue to take care of somebody when they get to the point where they can work for their living but they just choose not to. Again, laziness is promoted when laziness is continually supported. And ultimately, perpetually supporting someone in a lifestyle of laziness robs that person of the sense of dignity that I think God has instilled within us that comes in part from being productive and working for a living to support ourselves and our family. It, it really it, it chips away at that sense of self-worth that we ought to have, that we ought to generate and, and be thankful for because we work. We use the abilities and the capabilities and the opportunities that God blesses us with to provide for our families and for ourselves through honorable physical labor. Sometimes the most loving thing that we can do for a person who we really care about, who's down and out through their own laziness and not through some outside circumstance that, they, that, was, that was not under their control, but they're just lazy. Now, we might say, well, they're down and out. Yeah, but because they're lazy, they're down and out. Sometimes the most loving thing that we can do for such a person is to lovingly let them know that we will no longer support them in their laziness. We're no longer going to enable them by providing for them just to be lazy and not provide for themselves. When they realize that the free ride is over, most people will get serious and find a job. Society as a whole needs to be careful. Compassion wants to help people who are in need but true compassion is not served 
by endlessly supporting people who refuse to help themselves when they could, if they would, but all the time expecting others to help them. In some cases, even seeing receiving that help as a right that they deserve. You need to take care of me. I have it coming. You're responsible for doing that. I've had people talk to me along those lines. That kind of mindset only propagates more of the same and can eventually bring about the collapse of any society that over-emphasizes and over kind of buries themselves in that kind of unrightful support. Laziness is rebuked and condemned throughout God's Word. A lot of people would be amazed at how many verses of Scripture, how many texts of Scripture condemn laziness. The Proverbs are filled with rebuke and condemnation of laziness. A lazy person is described as being an irritant to a person who entrusts him with a task, but then is faced with the difficulty of actually getting him to complete that task that was assigned to him. Proverbs 10 and verse 26 says, as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy man to those who send him. Again, Proverbs 10 and verse 26. Well, if you're eating some food, and you scoop up a mouthful, and you put it in your mouth, and you did not realize that it was laced with vinegar, (laughs) that's a shot to to your taste buds, isn't it? Or if you find yourself in some kind of setting where a fire is burning, and maybe you have to work around that fire, and well, that smoke gets in your eyes, and we know how irritating that is to our vision, burns our eyes, We have to go wash them out. We have to get away from that smoke. Well, he says, that's what it's like for a person. And I think we can understand an ultimate application. Let's say an employer who hires somebody to do a job, and he's going to pay them for doing that job, a rightful wage. But he can't seem to get that person to be diligent to do that work that he hired him for. That becomes irritating to the employer. And ultimately, we know what can happen. He can fire that person because he's just too lazy to do the job. A lazy person, if he works at all, will always have to work for somebody else because he just won't be industrious enough to be an employer himself, to build his own business, to take on that responsibility in a productive way. Proverbs 12 and verse 24 says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Again, Proverbs 12 and verse 24. What does that mean? Well, the diligent person, he's going to build his income. He's going to build his character by being a productive, working person, citizen of whatever nation that he's living in maybe even start his own business and be able to hire other people and provide for them through rightful wages. Oh, but the lazy man, he's going to have to work because (laughs) he's not diligent enough to try to take the bull by the horns, so to speak, and build his own business. A pathetic image is portrayed of a man who is too lazy to even cook 
the game that he has taken in hunting. Proverbs 12 and verse 27 says, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Again, Proverbs 12 and verse 27. One of my brothers, when he was in the military, oh, a great many years ago, going all the way back to the 50s, he had so little income coming in from his military benefits that a whole lot of the food that he provided for himself and his wife was by means of going out on a regular basis several times a week and hunting. He would hunt rabbits and squirrels, and and then I'm sure he would be the one probably most of the time who'd clean them and then bring them home, and his wife would cook them, and that would be their food because that was what they could afford. Now, they'd still buy some staples, but as far as going out and buying all of their meat all of the time, uh, they just didn't have much of an income to be able to do that on a regular basis. So he'd go hunting. Now, what would you think of, of him if he went out and, and he bagged some game, maybe a squirrel or a rabbit or a couple of each, and, but he brought it home and just kind of laid it on the front porch and never got around to cleaning it? Well, that meat would spoil quickly. Now, why would he not get around to cleaning Because he was lazy. Well, that was not my brother. You know, they ate regularly and they ate well because he was diligent at providing the meals through that particular, that particular uh, exercise of hunting. But the, the wise man here in Proverbs 12 and verse 24, he says, you know, the lazy man does not even roast. He doesn't even, he can't even build up the gumption to clean the meat and put it in the pot and cook it. So he goes hungry. A person who is perpetually lazy will ultimately be faced with the reality of hunger because of his own laziness. Somewhere along the line, he'll probably get to a point where uh, he won't be able to have somebody take care of him at that particular moment, and so he'll be hungry. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Proverbs 19 and verse 15. See, we're talking about basic truths here. We're talking about reality. Again, somebody who is too lazy to work, too lazy to provide for themselves, a lot of times they'll become angry when they will have tapped out everybody they could, and they'll find themselves not able to find anybody who's willing to give them any more money to support them in their laziness. And they'll become angry and start calling them names and telling them how unloving and unkind and hateful they are. And that's not the case at all. The really ungodly person in that whole scenario is the person who's just too lazy to work for themselves. If a person has a field in which to plant a crop to feed himself and his family, It does him no good if he has that field and he has the ability to plant the crop and grow the crop and then harvest the food and provide for his family in that very basic and common way. It does him no good if he is too lazy to work the field, to either go out and plow it or to plant the seed or to till the soil or to harvest the crop. If he's too lazy to do that, having the field 
through which he could feed his family and himself does him no good. Proverbs 20 and verse 4 says, The lazy man will not plow because of winter. Now somebody says, well, of course he's not going to plow in the wintertime. Uh, no, it might be, it might be, you know, well into the planting season. But he's saying, well, it might, it might come up a snow. It might come up a freeze. I, I better not plant right now. And so he keeps putting it off and keeps putting it off, and he just doesn't plant it. And so the wise man in Proverbs 20 and verse 4 goes on and says, he will beg during harvest and have nothing. Why? Because he was too lazy to plant the field. Kept coming up with excuses. How vivid is the imagery of this particular person portrayed in Proverbs 19 and verse 24? Notice, a lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. What an, what a, a vivid, what a, you know, just horrible image that is. He's so lazy, he dips his spoon into the bowl of food or on the, maybe his fork on the plate of food, but he's just too lazy to bring it to his mouth. Now, that's probably hyperbole, purposeful exaggeration to emphasize a point, but the point is what we're trying to get across. A lazy person will often go without, do without, be hungry, and be sad about all of those realities because he's just too lazy to do what he needs to do to take care of himself. When God has given him the ability and also he has the opportunity. How sad. Lazy people. Lazy people are a drain upon a society, upon a culture, and therefore upon a nation. They can also be a drain upon a family if that family keeps trying to take care of that lazy person in spite of his just outright laziness. Well, we're going to stop here. We'll study a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to see that we need to not be lazy. You have, you have created us and you have designed us physically and psychologically to be productive by working for a living. Help us to see the value and the self-worth and the dignity in doing honorable labor to take care of ourselves and our families. Help people open their eyes and help us to recognize when we get to a point in trying to help somebody, if we recognize that we're just supporting them and promoting them in their laziness, that the loving thing to do is to let them know we will no longer enable them to be lazy. Hard lessons, but help us to learn them and the honor in those lessons. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.